Hey, York Alliance Church. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Monday, October 23rd. We are moving through the fall very quickly, and it is starting to feel like it, too. I'm really bitter when I get up this morning, but uh, I like that weather. I like cool, cold weather. As a New Englander, uh, it brings back memories of, of living there. So welcome to you this morning. Um, my name is Pastor Mike, if you don't know me. <clears throat> one of the pastors at York Alliance and pleased to bring you this podcast today uh, called Missional Monday. Before I dive in, though, uh, because I want to spend some time uh, talking about the crisis in the Middle East, updating you a little bit on that. But before I, before I dive in, I want to come to a passage that's kind of been resonating in my heart, and I believe it's something that's really central to, to what the believers are facing uh, in that land right now. And it's found in uh, in Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, let, me, let me start by reading it for us, and, and then I'll talk to it a little. Um, Paul says this, uh, starting in chapter 2, verse 14. He says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jew and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other has been put to death. That may be a passage that's real familiar to a lot of us, and it's a passage that I think as we read, we have hope in. Uh, it basically says that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, he has provided not only reconciliation between God and us, those who, who stand uh, in rebellion to him, whose relationship is broken with him, not only does Jesus restore that relationship, but, Jesus, but Paul is saying that that act, his death and resurrection, also restores our relationships horizontally. It does something between us and our fellow man. It, it reconciles our relationships. So those that have been at war with each other, those that have animosity against each other for whatever reason, can be reconciled. And he goes on to say something that's interesting. He says there's a, it's almost like there's a new person that's created from the two, a new people from those two groups. Uh, in another passage, he would say no longer Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave nor free, but one in Christ Jesus. There's this, there's this new person that is formed and has this unity with Jesus, one body, Christ reconciling them both by means of his death. And the result is that the hostility that we have towards each other can be put to get death. The death and resurrection of Jesus gives us the power to reconcile now with others like God reconciles with us. In fact, God calls us reconcilers. That's part of our role. But I think this reality that we applaud and we, and we like the idea of is really difficult when it comes to living it out in times of trial. It's, it's easy to think and applaud this and, and live this way when things are going well. But when things aren't going well, when things are really difficult, in times of war even, it, it'd be hard to say, yeah, this, this is my heart. I can, I can truly live this out because of what Jesus has done. 
it, it's hard when, when the stuff really hits the fan. And I think this is, this is really poignant or um, applicable when, when it comes to what's happening in the Middle East. Because I know believers on both sides. I've, you've heard me say this. I've been there a couple of times. And I know believers uh, that are Jewish. And I know believers that are Palestinian. Matter of fact, the last time I was there over the summer, uh, I had the opportunity to meet the pastor. I forget his name. But he's the pastor of the uh, church, the Alliance Church that's in the old city, that's in the old city of Jerusalem. I don't know if you knew that, but there's, a, there's an Alliance Church in the old city. And it's an Arab church. So it's, it's a really unique church when you come to think of it. There's a group of Arabs that worship Jesus in the center of the old church in Israel. Kind of bizarre. But I get to meet him. I have my picture taken with him. Actually, I have it on my computer so that I can pray for him often, even though I don't remember his name. But, but these words of Paul come back to me because I, man, I can't help but think this is what he's leading his people through right now. See, there's, there's this division that's happening or this perceived division because of the war that's taking place. People are taking sides because of what one side has done, and then the other side is retaliated against. And if you're a Palestinian, there's a, there's a pull towards your people, towards the suffering of your people, towards the ethnic recognition and, and connection you have with your people. And the same if you're a Jew. There's this, there's this draw to your, to your people and, and to your ethnic connection to them, right? But Paul's words come back to say, if you're in Jesus, you've been made into a new person. You're, you're now no longer Jew nor Gentile, Jew nor Palestinian. You are one in me. And so as I think about the challenges that both sides face, to stay united in the gospel, to stay true to what the word says in light of the division that's happening, in light of the pull that, that's happening in their hearts, in light of the war that's dividing people, Paul reminds us, the gospel unites us. The gospel stands firm. The gospel overcomes that. But we don't really know that. We can't really live that out until it's tested. And I believe our brothers and sisters in Israel and Palestine are being tested, are being tested in their unity in Jesus and their oneness together as a, as a new people. So I bring that to bear today just to kind of form your, your thought as you pray. Because these are real things that our brothers and sisters are, are struggling with. These are, these are real things that they're facing. And I think we need to stand behind them, behind the truth of the gospel, and pray for them. Uh, a recent uh, posting uh, on the Alliance website from uh, our brothers and sisters over there says this, as we live in a land where hatred and extremism continue to dominate, we realize there's a spiritual warfare involved. And we also acknowledge that as followers of Jesus, we are called to pray that God employs our churches as active witnesses during this challenging time through the power of the Holy Spirit. A church kneeling is more powerful than an army standing. Do you hear his words? His prayer is that God would employ the churches to be active witnesses, not just those that believe these words that Paul speaks, but live them out 
that there's this practice, there's this evidence in their life that shows that the unity of Jesus is stronger than what's happening in the world. It's stronger than their ethnic pull. It's stronger than their ties to other people. It's, it's stronger than all of those things, that they would be witnesses to that truth in this challenging time. But it can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it starts with a church kneeling and praying. And so we're the church of Jesus. And I want to encourage us to, to get on our knees, to, to pray, to pray for unity in Jesus, to pray that, that God's people would not only believe this, but they would live it out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that we would encourage our brothers and sisters and hold them up before God because it is difficult, it is hard, and the only way that they can stand firm is in Jesus. Brothers and sisters, great way to pray for them, pray for unity, uh, pray that believers would stand strong in their faith, pray against uh, the, the death that's taking place, pray for leaders and wisdom um, uh, for those leaders, uh, and, and pray for protection. Pray for those who are bystanders. They would be protected in this time. And pray for the redeeming power of Jesus to be real and evident in their lives. It's a great way to pray for our brothers and sisters this way. I've been uh, holding them up and want to encourage you to do the same on this Monday. And as you go through this week, as you hear the news and as you think about uh, people maybe you don't know, um, think about that church, that Alliance Church in the old city, those those Palestinian believers that are trying to stay united in Jesus and hold them up before the Father, uh, recognizing their new personhood in him. I hope that encourages your soul. I hope that gives you a way to, to pray uh, as we continue to see this conflict that just kind of wears us down at times um, and, and a way to think about it. I hope your day is a pleasant one as you go about it, and I hope that um, the peace and love of Jesus Christ is with you so that you will be blessed, and not only blessed, but you will be a blessing wherever you go.